I'm David Woodsell, Director of Marketing and Communications at Amber and BGA, and you're listening to the Ambition Podcast. As the world of luxury continues to evolve and brands and consumers change the way they operate, it's become incredibly valuable for both academic institutions and luxury companies to work together so that they can share their knowledge and collaborate. In recent years, however, there's been an increased desire to enrich MBA programs in luxury. But the luxury market is very specific with its own codes, its own values, its own language, and even its own audience. For example, the products and services linked to the world of luxury do not work on the same marketing or logistics mechanisms as regular consumer products. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with Patty Brown, director of the Global MBA and MSc in Hospitality Management at Essex Business School, which has a specialist MBA in luxury. I was really keen to put these ideas to her and get some of her insight. Well, Paddy, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to me today. Um, I thought it would be interesting if we started the interview with you, perhaps telling us a little bit, little bit about yourself and, and your own career. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, my career started out about 20, 20 years ago. I was working in the J-1 visas, uh, J-1 visas to the United States, mostly working with the luxury and hospitality sectors. Uh, two years ago, I decided to be like many of our MBA students and be a career changer. And I took over the Global MBA, so I'm the program director for the Global MBA. We have two specializations, one in international luxury brand management and the second one in strategy and management. And I have a hybrid role because I also run the Emerson Hospitality, known as the EMI program. And can you give us a little bit of background into your specialist luxury MBA program and the modules that are covered within it that are perhaps different from other general MBA programs? Of course, uh, the MBA at uh, Essex celebrates its 25 years this year. It's a pretty special anniversary. We have a big party planned in Paris in September. We'll send you an invite. The Luxury MBA was created with LVMH out of a need for people specialized in luxury. And when we say luxury, we don't just mean fashion. Our graduates come out of this program with in-depth knowledge in all of the areas of luxury, wine and spirits, fashion, watch and find jewelry, and perfumes. They have an overall depth. Uh, uh, their knowledge is, is quite deep in those four areas, and then they can choose to go further and specialize in one of those areas in the third term, such as managing a perfume brand, managing a watch brand. Uh, those are accompanied always, the classes, with hands-on learning. For example, people that uh, want to go into running a watch brand, we also have a trip to Switzerland planned. Everybody goes, the whole cohort goes, but they can learn further, make side appointments with a specialist from Rolex uh, while, they're in, while they're in Switzerland. And why do you think that luxury in particular requires a different or specialist set of skills versus other sectors of business? Well, this is a bit different, that's for sure. Um, they have to know the heritage, uh, not only of the maison, they have to know hands-on knowledge of materials that are that are learned on the program. For example, our MBAs, they're going to go to Lesage Embroidery Factories, and they're actually going to embroider. Lesage is an embroidery factory owned by the Chanel Group. So you have to have hands-on knowledge of how, how these materials are created, what kind of leathers are used. Uh, they have to have an in-depth knowledge of all the intricate pieces that go into every piece of a luxury item to be able to understand, uh, understand the price, and be able to market it if needed later. Now, your program is quite well established. It's been around for, for a long time. Why do you think there's a need for it? There's a need for it because the market's 
need for it. Um, we've seen the recruitment of our students uh, before graduation and shortly after graduation afterwards. You do need people with expertise knowledge, uh, not only in luxury, but they also have to be number crunchers. Uh, we have several focus groups with our corporate partners every year, and we realize that not only do people need to know about different areas of luxury, they also need to know how it's sold and how to monitor it. For example, uh, we talked to LVMH and we said, okay, so what are the, some of the new technologies that you need our students to know coming out of this MBA? Uh, one of them was Power BI. So we put a Power BI certification course uh, on the program. Now, Power BI is a, a different, it's a software that pulls in data from all sorts of databases from around the world and gives you a visualization. So let's say Chanel wants to know how many ballerinas they're selling in the Hong Kong store. You have a map of the world. You click on Hong Kong, and the numbers come out. Visualization of data was one thing. Blockchain was another one. Uh, we were the first luxury MBA to put uh, blockchain for retail on the program. Uh, one of the inventors of blockchain, a professor from Moscow, is flying out to train our students on it. Uh, another was uh, sustainability. Uh, we have in-depth training on sustainability. It's not just one class. It's all throughout the program over 80 hours with partnerships with the Circular Fashion Foundation, with Station F. Uh, we even have uh, a partnership with EpiWork, who brought in the CEO from Corbet Diamonds, which is synthetic diamonds, to come in and teach the students how these diamonds are made, why they're important, and how big groups are looking to probably purchase them uh, in the near future. I mean, I've read a lot about this, actually, how luxury fashion and, and, and that sort of sector has a lot of lessons to teach the wider business environment in terms of issues and, and controversies such as fast fashion and how the luxury sector is, you know, obviously isn't involved in these sort of um, practice and methods. So there's, there's a lot to learn in, in more general business. Does the school have any electives um, on luxury for more generalized programs, perhaps? Well, it, it's different. Just to, to sort of flip your, your question on its head a little bit, the, the Luxury Brand Management MBA doesn't just do luxury. Uh, they are with the strategy and management because luxury is also about strategy. So their core classes include management, strategy, finance, financial accounting to get that good, solid base. And then I would call most of the electives later in luxury, managing watch brand, uh, managed perfume brand, and the projects, those are most electives because they're going to actually take the elective later that they're going to specialize in. Okay. And you mentioned that there was a lot of practical application within the course. How does that work um, on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of theory versus practice um, and, and the sort of locations in which the students study? Well, they're quite busy. Um, the luxury specialty is based in Paris. Um, so they are, they are based in Paris when they're not traveling. Classes are from Monday to Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, very packed day because after that they have group work. Twice a month they have experts coming in, whether that be from all of the fashion houses, uh, Hermes, Dior, coming in talking, about, talking to them about the state of the market today. We also have famous alumni that come in and give them tips and talk about their job, how the world is of luxury is changing every day. Saturdays uh, they usually have a workshop, whether that be canvas design thinking, uh, personal branding, uh, what we talked about earlier, blockchain. And then once a month, they have a big networking event. We have a networking dinner where for 25 to 30 students, we will have 25 to 30 industry leaders from the luxury world that come in and actually have dinner with them in a hot spot in Paris. So it's more than a cocktail. It's really a time, a mentoring moment where they have time to talk about their project and get advice from other people. 
Add to that their field trips. So when they come and they have a Savoir Fair week, where we really introduce them to what luxury is, 50% of our students are career switchers. So we need to actually give them the base before we build upon that. At this time, we're going to have special speaker series that talk about different areas. And we travel. We're going to go to Cournet Champagne to learn about uh, champagne. A lot of people, either they don't drink or they don't know about champagne. We were uh, the only school to be able to enter into the Hermes Silk Factory in Lyon uh, to learn about fashion. So these are, are their hands-on training. And then during the year, they have field trips. Uh, so going to the United States to learn about the North American market and the retail experience in luxury stores. Going to Shanghai to learn about the Asian market. Uh, going to Switzerland and going to Italy as well. Wow. And then I suppose when, when building any um, business school program, there's, there's challenges and obstacles and hurdles to, to you know, get over. What sort of challenges in particular have you come up against in, in building and developing this course? Um, and, and what would your advice, I suppose, be to other people who are looking to do the same? Um, building the course is to make sure that you have the right people on board, meaning that the lecturers, uh, industry experts, and make sure you're keeping with the times. Uh, keep your head to the ground. What is the newest trend? Uh, we're not going to follow the newest trends every time, but we need to make sure that we're aware of them and how it's affecting the luxury market. For example, we'll just take the, the easiest example would be sustainability. Um, the Kieran Group has made amazing strides in the traceability of their products and also challenging brands like Gucci. Instead of making uh, a purse out of leather, how do you make it out of mushroom leather? Keep the patina on because the idea of an luxury item is it's something that you pass down, that you keep forever. So how do you use things that are sustainable and still create that luxury item? So the biggest challenge is to remain relevant, not fall into old habits, and partner with things that are going on right now. Our partnership with uh, Station F and some of the smaller fashion startups has been amazing. So that's the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge this year has also been for travel uh, with the coronavirus. It has stopped some of our travel. It's also created opportunities um, because areas or people that we weren't able to go see or bring into the school to speak to our students are now suddenly available by Zoom. So our students have about eight hours uh, of classes a day plus two to three hours of speakers in the evening, so they're quite full. So that's the biggest challenge right now. Okay, and we spoke a little bit about partnerships, um, and one of your major partners is LVMH Group, a, a, a huge global luxury fashion and beverage organization. Um, and they, they obviously contribute to course content via workshop site visits and the organization of conferences and, and speakers from the brand. Why is this organization particularly attracted to your program, and can you explain in detail what their role is? Uh, the partnership with LVMH goes back 25 years. Uh, we also have a partnership with L'Oreal Lux. Uh, LVMH is an important partner because they created our MBA. They created it to source talent, uh, talent that had a deep knowledge of luxury. Uh, we have They have an expertise share uh, within the university. LVMH not only does uh, assist with uh, curriculum information, they give us field projects. So they give us consulting missions for students. For example, last year, a group of students uh, pitched to LV. They were trying to get in touch with uh, Gen Z. So how do we uh, reach Gen Z with our handbags? Well, it's through a secondary market. You have to can take control of the secondary market. I can't give you the, idea, the exact information on the pitch because it's so good, it's probably going to be adopted. Uh, but this is one way in which they help us. Another thing, too, is because we have so many career switchers, 
we have to actually show them what a luxury experience is. So we have boutique internships where students will go into the stores of, of LVMH, uh, the different maisons, uh, to learn who the luxury client is, how they're trained, what the luxury experience is within the store, and then obviously our field trips. Because our field trips, uh, we are going to actually visit. Uh, if you take uh, the trip to Hong Kong last year, uh, we go visit, and the people from Chanel, head of HR and everything, come and talk to our students directly about what's going on in the market, what to look out for, what kind of jobs are available. So partnerships are very important. Absolutely. So uh, with, with that in mind, can you share a little bit of insight into the other partners with whom you work um, to deliver the program? And, and how does it, is each one different in, in practice? Or is, is there sort of a model that they all sort of adopt? It's a good question. There's no model. Uh, we want people, it's luxury, we want people to be creative. So everybody has to think to their strengths. Uh, our other partnership with L'Oreal Looks is, is very interesting because uh, of their different perfume brands and beauty uh, that they're bringing on. Uh, expansion into California, hiring more into the United States, the West Coast, which is really untouched territory for a lot of luxury brands. Uh, so that's interesting. L'Oreal Looks comes on right from the get-go. Uh, they are part of our admissions panel, meaning when people apply for our, our program, they're there from the get-go to spot early talent and to say yay or nay on participants applying for our program. Throughout the year, they provide projects, and they also participate in our class managing a perfume brand, and they challenge our students with different projects within that class. So it's very important, not only for curriculum, for partnership, for networking events as well. They participate in our networking events, and then for hiring afterwards. So I think it's fair to say that students have an extraordinary experience during the, the course. And you talked a lot about career switchers and, and career change within your within your cohorts and how that's quite important to your students. What career opportunities do you envisage for your graduating participants, I suppose, both within the luxury sector and outside of it? And are there any support or initiatives that you make available to participants um, with regards to this during the program? So that's a really good question. During the program, uh, we have one person that's dedicated to corporate relations and career services just for the luxury brand management students. Um, she's been on the program for 25 years as well and is very well connected within the industry. It's really, uh, it's couture, what we do for each student. We create a career path for each student depending on what they want to do. And it also has, it has challenged us to adapt with the times. This year, we have quite a few students on the program that are very into sustainability and want to go into those areas, which is great. Uh, Kiering has over 100 jobs in Paris, none unclaimed uh, for experts in sustainability and luxury. So it's really good. Everything is really done uh, to help them find find their path and find the right job for them. They're so into sustainability that we also encourage them to do uh, case competitions. Um, so we have a luxury, uh, a mostly luxury. There's one strategy gentleman in the group. They did a case competition. It's the Harvard Global Case Competition. And ESSEC is in the finals. Uh, one of 10 schools worldwide in the finals. They are going to be going up next week against MIT and John Hopkins for the finals. Had we not been in a, a COVID world, they would have flown out to Harvard and done it in person. So everything is really done for them, uh, workshops throughout the year, and then connecting them one-to-one -one, uh, later on with possibilities for job search. It's also why the field project, their project at the end of the year, is really designed for them. They're going to be working for a company uh, that they would like to work for later. So the company gets to try them out on a project. They get to try out the company, and it usually ends up with a happy match at the end. <laughs> 
Um, you mentioned that you, you also work on a, a hospitality-specific course as well, and I think that a lot of our listeners would be very keen to find out more about how you're developing specialist courses. I, I think that's a very hot topic in business education at the moment. I think that schools that, that want to launch specialist programs want to make sure they're getting it right, they're looking at the right topics, they're generating the right interest, and they're developing the right sort of cohort size. Um, in terms of, of, of specialist programs, how do sort of cohort sizes compare with more generalist programs? And I suppose, do you feel quite optimistic and quite positive about the future of specialist programs? And do you think it's something that, that more schools will look to do in the future? Well, if you look at the latest numbers, not even the latest numbers, the numbers from GMAC for the last two, three years, uh, generalist MBAs that last two years are, are going down in terms of enrollment. Specialist one-year MBAs are going up. Uh, and that's what's going to happen. People don't have the luxury of taking two years off anymore, and they want results from an intensive one-year MBA. To answer your question in terms of cohort size, obviously specialty is going to be much smaller. Uh, you have schools that usually have between 100, 200, or even 500 MBAs with the case of IE, uh, whereas us with the luxury brand management major, you're going to get anywhere between 25 and 40, depending on the year. So it is absolutely microscopic. We call it a boutique cohort, uh, which is just like anything in luxury. Uh, they're treated like luxury. Everything stays so mesure for them. Um, in terms of special specialties, I also run a master's in hospitality, uh, and which is a very challenging sector right now uh, going on. But there is um, a specialty in luxury in, as well that is working wonderfully. Uh, we've seen luxury uh, groups such as LVMH purchase hotel change or create their own with Cheval Brun, and, and we're trying to create feeder programs into there through our MBA. I think, though, if you think about it in terms of MBA cohort size, that, that's such a lovely number in terms of collaboration, in terms of the sharing of ideas, of getting to know the network within your class really well and, and sort of keeping that network alive after, after leaving business school as well. So I think that, you know, it's, it's a good thing. It really is. Um, I think it's fair to say you're a person that's very much got your ear to the ground in the luxury sector. So I'd be very interested to sort of end the interview with finding out if you've got any predictions or insight into the future of the luxury sector um, and, and particularly how that sort of connects to, to business education going forward. Well, I don't have my crystal ball today, but I do have a lot of smart students. Um, it's a good question. One, we hooked up our students because because we have a cohort that's extremely international. We've got every nationality you can imagine on there. Um, we worked with a company, a market insight company called Spark. They're based down in New York. Spark has created uh, a sort of master plan for what the world of luxury is going to look like post-corona. And they've done it by section. So they have one for North America. And our students, our Asian students, are working with her now uh, on what it's going to look like in Asia. And then they'll move to Europe. So we published her, her, her study, her report that she did with our students. We put it on our LinkedIn. And it's also on Sparks. But it gives a real good idea of where things are going to go. I think that they're going to bounce back a little bit quicker. Uh, the key winners will be retail and everybody in e-commerce, which is also a challenge for some brands that choose not to exploit e-commerce, such as Chanel. Uh, so the key winners are going to be retail. You saw last week that the Hermes store in, in China opened up and made $2.7 million in one day. I think that's a good indication. Uh, people have con been confined for a while. Uh, they're going to be excited to get out and spend some money. Well, Paddy, um, obviously I'm speaking to you today as we're both in lockdown in, in Paris and London, and things are quite complex with the coronavirus pandemic 
over the world. Um, and it's just been lovely to have a chat about something nice and lots of optimistic and, and, and really positive insight going forward. So thank you so much for your time in, in speaking to me today. And we'll look forward to hearing you speaking at the Business School Leaders Forum in, in a few weeks as well. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for your interest in Essex uh, MBA. Well, the luxury sector has grown significantly in recent years. For example, in 2019 alone, the luxury market had a turnover of a whopping 247 billion US dollars, up almost 11% in 2018. As well as growth, this sector is transforming, something players within the industry need to understand from all angles in order to succeed. Digitalization has transformed society, and in this instance, the way we consume luxury products. Therefore, those who work within the luxury industry need a thorough understanding of evolving consumption patterns and the need to be forward-thinking and adaptable when it comes to their management skills within the specialized industry. So I was really excited to get this insight from, from Patty and from Essex Business School as to how they're really spearheading the change in the sector. Don't forget to check out www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition for a wealth of other articles on various topics within business education. And I look forward to speaking to you soon on the next Ambition podcast.